Hello and welcome to Screen of Consciousness. You are listening to Jonathan and Dimitri and we talk about our love of cinema and television. Now this week we're actually going to talk about something that lots of people talk about which is Oscar snubs or Academy Award films or films that weren't nominated or did not win Academy Awards basically. This is quite a big topic because a lot of people in the film world and you know film critics always talk about the films that have been completely snubbed and didn't win awards when they think they deserve to. Um, now I'm just going to give you some fast facts, Dimitri, to start this off. Go so, ahead. are you are you ready for this? I am. Okay, here's some fun facts. So, Alfred Hitchcock was nominated five times for Best Director, but he never won an Oscar. Stanley Kubrick, he was nominated four times for Best Director, and he never won an Oscar. I'm aware of that as well, which is another incredible um, fact. <laughs> shocking, shocking. Um, Peter O'Toole the actor, he was nominated eight times and he never won. Um, he got as an you know, honorary Lifetime Achievement Award, didn't he? Yes, but I think uh, Hitchcock did as well, actually. And I think Stanley Kubrick did. But to me, that's kind of a bit like... I don't think Kubrick did. I think Kubrick won oh, an award he? for like a special... Um, he won a kind of like a special CGI award, I think, for 2001. Because, you know, for, for the time, it had okay. uh, groundbreaking visuals. But I don't think he... Because also he died... He wasn't that old. He lived to be 70 and he died unexpectedly. So I think, you know, they hadn't got around to uh, writing him off and giving him that, um, you know, Lifetime Achievement Award. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and another film, obviously, that I think a lot of people who, you know, love cinema would be shocked to know, you know, the Shawshank Redemption, which didn't win Best Picture, obviously. A lot of people say that's a really crazy snub. I mean, I'm not massively a fan of the Shawshank Redemption, but I know you are and lots of other people are. They love that film. Um, and also Tom Cruise, three nominations, no wins. Um, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a bad thing. I don't know. But I mean, it's kind of surprising that you think like Brad Pitt won an Oscar now and Tom Cruise hasn't. It's a bit kind of, you know, what a crazy world we live in, eh? <laughs> well, I think the people who have won Oscars, let, let me jump right in because now we've mentioned actors and directors. There are a few things it. the Academy loves more. And yeah. I think, frankly, a few things that make less sense than yeah. constantly giving Best Directing Oscars to uh, actors who direct. Yeah. So, keeping in mind that uh, Alfred Hitchcock and Stanley Kubrick did not win Best Directors Oscars, Mel Gibson yeah. has, Kevin that Costner has, Woody Allen has at least once. Yeah. Um, who else? Because all actors direct now. Um, yeah. Who else? I'm sure there are more. Has I'm sure there's. Of, I'm sure has there's George more. Clooney. I'm sure he's been nominated as best director at least. Yeah, um, probably. Well, he won best supporting actor, didn't he? Shockingly, I mean, seriously. Um, he was nominated for best director, yes, uh, for Good Night and Good Luck, which I do think is a fine film. But you know, is it a fantastic piece of directing? Um, not quite sure. And of course, Bradley Cooper. Um, oh yeah, has he's got so many, hasn't he? Unbelievable <laughs> number of. He has been nominated for. Eight Academy Awards, eight at the age of forty-five, which he is now. Um, so the same number of of nominations as Peter O'Toole. Yes, <laughs> but unlike Peter O'Toole, um, which is um, yes quite serious uh, itself. <laughs> unlike Peter O'Toole, um, he has also been nominated for lots of awards for writing and and producing, and directing, I believe. Um, yes. I'm just checking yes. this now. Yes, I think he. I think he was nominated for um, uh, Star Is Born. Uh, lots of lots of awards on that one, but I don't think it won anything. 
yes, uh, one he best hasn't song. Won one yet. Actually, he hasn't been nominated. The director has been nominated for best picture thrice. Yeah. Um, although once, I will say, to be fair, it was for Joker, on which he was one of the producers, and I do think that's okay. a fantastic film. So interesting. I I don't mind that. Uh, okay. But yes, best adapted screenplay on *A Star Is Born*. Is yeah. it like I actually haven't seen it? Have you, Jonathan? No, I haven't seen it. I Isn't it like the oldest Hollywood, Hollywood story ever? And also, this is actually a remake. Yes, it's um, like a, it's like the fourth or it's it's like the third or fourth version of that film because it's been remade so many times. Uh, I mean, with... how we we should watch. It's bad to pass judgment without watching. But how good could That's that true. screenplay be, having been adapted from other screenplays, that it deserves an Oscar nomination? Yeah. Well, that's true. I mean, I, I, I wasn't interested in watching anyway, but uh, I did. Uh, one of my friends watched it, and she loves these kind of chick flicks. Let's just be real. She loves like rom- romance and r- dramedies, and um, she she really loved it. But she said she was crying a lot in it, which made me think it was kind of a soppy, tragedy drama romance film which to me did it, i wasn't really interested in watching it but you're right maybe we should watch it before we pass judgment you know let's not because you know i've been wrong in the past about films i thought i wouldn't like and i did like so you know you, ne- you never know what you're gonna like and what you don't like but um, i would say i have seen bradley cooper in a number of parts and i still don't think he deserves eight oscar nominations <laughs> well well the academy disagrees with you dimitri and obviously we know they are always right or always wrong is that's what we're going to talk about with the oscar snubs i mean I, the first film i'd like to talk about is i mean i don't really want to go too much into these films because there's so much we could talk about with each film but i think i want to talk about one specific award um and that's the color purple now the color purple was nominated for 11 oscars 11 academy awards um but not for best director for Steven Spielberg, interestingly enough. Um, so a lot of people say he was he got a snub for that. Um, but The Colour Purple didn't win a single Oscar out of all of 11 of them, which meant it tied for being one of the biggest losers in Oscar history. And if you want to know what film it tied with, the film was called The Turning Point from 1977, which I've never heard of. Um, but the, the award that I think really should have won out of all of them, because I, I, you know, I do like The Colour Purple. I think it's a great film. I'm not sure it's one of the best films ever made. I'm not sure it's one of the best Steven Spielberg films ever made. But I have to say, I think Oprah Winfrey's performance as Sophia has to be one of the best performances in any film. And the fact she didn't win best supporting actress for that i'm just genuinely shocked because i remember watching the film and thinking you know obviously you think oh oprah she's best known for her talk show she's not really an actress i watched it and i was like blown away by her performance i think it's incredible um i don't know if it makes it any better she actually lost to angelica houston for uh prince's honor prince's honor i don't know how you pronounce it it's a famous film with jack nicholson i haven't seen it um so i guess you know you're going to lose to someone you're going to lose to someone really famous but i think Personally, I mean, I haven't seen that film, but I think Oprah Winfrey deserved it anyway. I'm sure she did. So, sorry, Angelica, as much as, you know, I know you're a great actress, but I think Oprah, Oprah should have taken that Oscar home. I don't know if you agree with me, Dimitri. I also haven't seen Priest's Honor. I do think, uh, the, I think The Colour Purple is a, it's a strong film. Also, not one of my favourite of, of Spielberg's. I think it's a little bit too much of an sort of slightly heavy, slightly sentimental period drama. Although it's... Mm. It's, it's a long it's film. It's a serious film um, and has yes. a lot to say. But the performances are great, I think, of everyone in that film. Um, it's also, I guess, this would be one of the... And this this is really the film that made her famous, isn't it? Oprah Winfrey. Yes. This is yes. the start of her career. So I think Steven yeah. Spielberg started Oprah Winfrey's career, which is you know not the least of his achievements. Yes. And Whoopi Goldberg's, of course, because this is exactly. Whoopi's first. Exactly. She was nominated for Best Actress for this film, and this is also yeah. a fantastic performance. 
for once where she was allowed or chose to play a serious part and not yeah. the sort of not comedy, you know, yeah. The comedy roles that she's very good at, but uh, mm. we have to say some of them, frankly, are a bit, uh, you know, a dime a dozen, <laughs> aren't they? I, I think she does her comedy shtick, which is pretty samey. Yeah, I think you're um, forgetting the classic film Theodore Rex, in which she's a wise-cracking cop with a T-Rex as an assistant. No, I'm not forgetting that because I think all her parts are played as if she had. Uh, she's always wisecracking, badly dressed, and well, that's it, isn't it? In her parts. Well, I think yeah. I mean, I I love Whoopi. Anyone who knows me knows I'm like literally her number one fan. But um, you're right. She, but she has discussed this very vocally about how she got shoehorned into playing certain types of roles very quickly because essentially the the executives in Hollywood said to her, "You will never be sexy." So you will never play a part in which you were feminine. They basically told her that point blank to her face, um, which is funny because she has, you know, she's very notably famous for having many, many famous conquests. You know, lots of very famous actors have been with her. So she's obviously, you know, people do find her attractive, but they decided that she was not, she did not look the right way. So she was never going to play a certain type of role. Um, and she's been very vocal about this, which I think is sad um, and kind of shocking because obviously she can act. As you just said, Colour Purple shows that she doesn't just have to play one part. She doesn't have to be always the kind of sassy comedy comic relief. She can play serious roles. We've seen her play serious roles after Colour Purple as well. And with Oprah as well, you know, Oprah's played a, a variety of roles too. We've seen that she can act too. And I think one criticism that people talk about the Colour Purple not winning any is because or just generally people being snubbed in Hollywood, as, as you just said about um, Bradley Cooper. Yes. Um, he, basically, it seems like you have to earn it. You're only going to win that award if you deserve it. And the way you deserve it is by having a reputation and working in the industry for a long time, um, and then they will reward you for it. I mean, Leonardo DiCaprio and Martin Scorsese are good examples of that, because a lot of people would argue Martin Scorsese's best film is not The Departed, but that's what he won the Oscar for, because he earned it by that point. So it was like the Academy Award going, okay, we'll give you the award now for this film, not for the film you actually probably should have got it for. Um, and this is kind of true for lots of things. But anyway, we won't go down this road. I mean, um, what is it, what kind of... Let's, let's talk about a film that you think has been snubbed, Dimitri. Well, one film that I think has been snubbed is maybe not the most egregious example, but just a curious example. And it touches... And it has to do both with Martin Scorsese and Oprah Winfrey, so I think that's the one I take next. It's Lee Daniels, The Butler. Uh, mm -hmm. Now, we are very big fans of Lee Daniels uh, on this podcast. Um, we have mentioned his film, Precious, yep. uh, in our first season, which we do think is a... I really think is one of the best films of this century so far. Yeah. Yep. The Butler is nothing on that level, but I think it's a very strong drama Um based on a true story, and it's an impressive true story. It has a lot to say, and it has very good acting, uh, including by Oprah Winfrey, who has a very large part in it, and I think does incredibly well. The lead is played by um, Forrest Whitaker, who is another, I think, underappreciated actor, even though he does have he does an Oscar. Have an Oscar, yeah. <laughs> uh, but even so, you know, I think he doesn't have enough parts. Mm. And this is where, without without really becoming too political, because that's not what we're about. I think we must say that with some black actress, it definitely seems like they have a hard time landing enough uh, good parts. And I think uh, it's true for, for Whoopi Goldberg, of whom I'm also a big fan. I, I certainly didn't intend to criticize her. I was criticizing her being, you know, typecast. Yes, uh, Forrest yes. Whitaker has not had a lot of good parts. And, and this film has, because it has a lot to do with, uh, with black history, it has 
you know, Terrence Howard, it has um, Cuba Gooding Jr. Um, yeah. It has yeah. a lot of great black actors who all of them don't get enough good parts. Right. Um, this was an interesting film because it wasn't nominated for a single Academy Award. And um, I think that was pretty strange. It was nominated for Screen Actors Guild. Several of them were nominated for Screen Actors Guild Awards and for BAFTA Awards. That goes for, for Oprah Winfrey, by the way. Okay. Uh, and, you know, these are usually the predictors of the Oscar nominations. Um, but it was completely ignored um, uh, by the Academy Awards. And this would be... Um, you know, this would be one of these cases where I think we ask, did the fact that this was a film predominantly about black history with black actors and made by a black director have something to do with it? Mm -hmm. uh, because I think that was not the strongest year for films. And this was a, fil a year where once again Martin Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio were nominated for Oscars for their latest co collaboration, The Wolf of Wall Street. Mm. I just have to say, is that really necessary? Every time Martin Scorsese makes a film with Leonardo DiCaprio, should they be nominated for Oscars? Because they have been many times. Well, I mean, I would argue that that specific film should not have been nominated for an Oscar. I mean, it was, it wasn't. And we're talking about anything. Yeah. We're talking about it was nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, Best yeah, Actor in a Leading that, Role. No, no, um, no, sorry. I mean, yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio. He gives a good performance. Fine, but it, it just to me that film doesn't. It's not like the best film ever made. It's not. It's not up there. I don't think with anything. It's just for me. It was a very disposable film. You know, it's just a drama that was kind of a bit silly and disgusting. And and this is a weird year for snobs because there's another film that I really love much more than the Bud, which I actually think is a great film. Um, it's called Captain Phillips. Oh yeah, of course. Um, yeah. By Paul Greengrass, and I think that's a really strong film. Where I think it's Greengrass's, um, you know, both love and skill for making real life dramas really comes. I think it's his best film. I think this is where it all comes together. It's mm. a, such a powerful story with incredible acting um, from Tom Hanks in the lead role, uh, and. Uh, also, it's, it's really well technically made. Uh, it's beautifully edited with great music. I think it's a really powerful... It's, it seems like an action thriller, even though it's really a very human drama, a very character-driven drama. Mm. And this is... I mean, this is just completely bizarre. Um, the film was nominated for Best Picture, but Paul Greengrass was not no nominated for Best Director, and Tom Hanks was not no nominated for Best Actor in a leading role, mm. which I just think is in uh, incredible. Um, it was nominated uh, for a Best Actor in a Supporting Role. Yes, yes, yes. For Barkhad Abdi, who also gives a great performance as one of yes. the hijackers. Yes, because um, he's, he's an English actor, actually. And, and I don't think he really had a role afterwards, which was really interesting, because he was nominated for an actor, for, you know, he was nominated for an Oscar. He's completed and disappeared, and, and I think yeah, that's very sad, strange. because he does give a very good performance in that, in that uh, yeah. In that film, and it was also nominated for best adapted screenplay. I do think it's a very good screenplay, but I think you know, I do think both Hanks and Greengrass were robbed of nominations. And Hanks, sure, he's won two Oscars, but you know, I think he deserves to win more. Well, and uh, yeah, he, um, he earned his place. That maybe that's why they didn't nominate. And Paul him, Greengrass maybe. has never won an Oscar, so there's well, no I, reason not to nominate him. Um, I may, I may shock you. I haven't seen Captain Phillips yet. Still, like it's on my list. I literally have it recorded, and I haven't watched it yet. I am surprised. I, I, you're not. I'm, I'm a not a fan of Paul Greengrass. That's why. You know, I don't like his directing. I think he's. I just don't think he's very good. I don't like his films. Um, I really didn't like that film. What was it called? The Aeroplane one. Um, United ninety three. Yeah, I did. Yes, which like I like that. very just, much. But but this is this is different. It's it's a very it's a much bigger scale film. It's different. It's kind of between United ninety three and the Bourne uh, films. And okay. 
I well, think it works really well. I'm but gonna uh, watch it. I'm sure you will appreciate. Will at the it. very least, you'll appreciate um, um, Tom Hanks' Hanks, acting yeah. because I think it's really one of his best performances. He's rarely been so hard put to it because we've talked. I think about Tom Hanks. I love him, and I think you do as well, don't you, Jonathan? Oh yeah, hundred um, percent. But he does have this performance where he's a little bit laid back, shall we say, the standard, um, yeah, where he does yeah. phone it in a little bit. I think. Okay. Um, and uh, you know, just Tom Hanks being Tom Hanks, and here he well, he's really pushed, uh, very hard because okay. he's uh, just in these extreme circumstances, yeah, and to. I think he delivers a great performance, one of his very best. Yeah, no, I, I definitely hundred percent need to watch it. I mean, it's interesting that you talk about the Butler. Um, and also we've talked about Steven Spielberg because one of the films, the next film I would like to discuss is called Selma from 2014. Mm. Now this film was nominated for some awards from for some Oscars, um, but snubbed because I, I think now Ava DuVernay, she's um, a writer, director, producer. She, she does everything basically. She hasn't really made that many films since or before. Um, I think Selma, I loved Selma. I absolutely thought this was a brilliant film. And now the reason why the film, the Oscar, I think she should have won is for the best screenplay and I'll t for the writing. And I'll tell you why. Now, this is really interesting that she... So the whole film is about Martin Luther King Jr. It's about uh, specifically what happened in this, in this part of the south of America called Selma, a small town. Um, and she had to... A lot of it is about Martin Luther King Jr. giving speeches and, you know, trying to rally people together to pr do a protest. Now, this is an interesting fact. This shows you how Hollywood works. Now, Martin Luther King Jr.'s speeches were actually licensed to Steven Spielberg through DreamWorks and Warner Brothers for a film that he wanted to make. So she wasn't allowed to use Martin Luther King Jr.'s actual original speeches. So she had to rewrite every single speech, but she had to rewrite them to make sure that they sounded the same, they had the same content and that she copied his poetic style because he has a very specific speech pattern and way of talking but she couldn't infringe on the copyright of his original speeches now i didn't know this when i watched the film i watched the film and i thought his speeches were incredible like just just watching the film and obviously i didn't even think that they weren't his i just assumed that they would have been but they're not so i really think she should have des she deserves an oscar for the writing because the writing is really good i don't know if you've seen it dimitri or if you would agree i, with I have writing. i think it's a very good film and i remember you telling me this fact i was not aware of it and it's certainly an unenviable task having to <laughs> paraphrase Martin Luther King it's, exactly. uh, it's, it's almost crazy. like rewriting Shakespeare isn't it because he's, he's obviously yeah. known for his fantastic command of the English lang language and and also I think it's a good film I'm surprised looking at it it was nominated for best film and then best song none of yeah. the actors were and I think David Oyelowo gave a great performance as yeah he Martin did give Luther a great King. performance yeah he did I mean I think the acting in it was great the writing was great the directing was great the film was great I love this film I think it was the best film that came out of that year, personally. Um, but yeah, once again, it got snubbed. Now, you know, you mentioned The Butler. You mentioned the fact it's about black people. Maybe, maybe that had something to do with it. I don't know. You know, who knows? I mean, we can't say that because obviously we just don't know the facts. But obviously this film is about civil rights. And maybe it's just too much for people. Or maybe they just it just snuck under the radar or something. But it's interesting because now Ava DuVernay is kind of held up in Hollywood as being... You know, she's one of the. She won some. She, I think, she won Time Magazine, one of the most powerful people in the world, or something. So obviously, she has quite a lot of power now after doing the film. But at that time, you know, she just kind of, just kind of went under the radar, which I find strange. Um, I just well, like to be happy to hear that the actor who did win uh, the Oscar for uh, for best performance in the leading role that year was Eddie Redmayne. Oh no! Oh my gosh! See, this is what I mean. That film, The Theory of Everything. 
that was rubbish. And Selma was amazing. And Theory of Everything wins. And then Selma doesn't. But was the Theory of em- Everything um, Harvey Weinstein? I bet you money it was Harvey Weinstein. I can't remember if it was or not, but... That's the interesting thing that everyone is ignoring now, especially the people who have won the Oscars, that Harvey Weinstein, because maybe our our listeners aren't aware of this, that Harvey Weinstein was famous for being the best at winning Oscars. Yes. Um, He was very good at wrangling, because unfortunately, as we said in our episode, what episode is that where we discussed Precious and Monique's speech when uh, she won her Oscar? I, I think it's the other, the other, the second episode, no, the second episode of our first season, which is about um, people who deserved Academy Awards or didn't deserve. True, deserved and undeserved Oscar yeah, wins. Yes, yeah. um, it's really about the politics, and Harvey Weinstein was very, very good at the politics of it. Um, yeah, well, as we talked in that episode, Shakespeare in Love obviously won a lot of awards and you know rewatching it it's not a great film but we won't discuss that again we've already talked about that in that episode so if you want to hear it please go back to uh, to that episode if you want to hear more um i just like to talk about one more film and then i'll, I'll give you free reign dimitri but it's similar as well we're, we're still talking about films about black people in america and this film hidden figures that came out in 2016 i absolutely love this film i think it's also the best film of the year now the scenario i think was crazy was that taraji p henson who plays the lead role the lead role in that film i mean why wasn't she nominated for best actress She's a brilliant actress anyway. I think she's in everything she is in, she's amazing. I love her. I'm a massive fan of her. Um, she wasn't nominated. Um, Octavia Spencer was nominated. She didn't win. Um, but Octavia Spencer was the only person who was nominated out of that film. And all three of the main women in the film give amazing performances and also supporting characters because, like, Kevin Cosner's in it. He gives a good performance. I think Kirsten Dance is in it. She gives a brilliant performance too. So there's lots of great performances. Um, but Taraji P. Henson is the main role and she is brilliant. Now, what's interesting about Taraji, I just want to give you a little fact before we move on, is that she talked about quite strongly about how her kind of breakthrough role was playing, uh, was in um, Benjamin Button. You know, um, I can't remember what's the complete title. The, yes, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. This is where I also, I think that's almost the only thing I've seen her in, actually. Yeah, so she was nominated for an Oscar for that, and that made her really famous, although she had been an actress a long time before that. But what, I won't tell you the whole story because it's quite long, but basically what Taraji had admitted was that she was only paid $150,000 for that role, but the executive producers on the film told her she had to pay her own food and hotel fees. So basically she did that role for free. So she actually wasn't paid anything really for that part. Whereas Kate Blanchett and Brad Pitt were paid $20 million each for that film. Now she goes into detail about how she was essentially, she feels like because she was a black actress, she wasn't very famous. Um, that's the way she was treated. But what I think is really shocking is that when she said to them, she expected to get paid more, and she said, can you please pay me more? They were just like, there's plenty of other black women that will take your place. If you don't want it, you don't have to take it. So it's up to you. And she said that when she actually went to film, she took it, of course she took it, she had to take it, because you know, it's a brilliant, you know, it was a great part, she got nominated for an Oscar. Um, she said she cried the whole time in the hotel that she was filming, because she was so upset with the way she was being treated. And I just think it's actually just really a shocking story. And I don't know if her telling that story meant that that's why she didn't get nominated for an Oscar. Because we all know, as with Monique, which we also talked about in the other episode that we've just mentioned, Monique also talked about the politics behind winning an Oscar and what's really happened to her career. So it seems like if you don't play the game that they want you to play, you can get in trouble. It is incredible. It is, it is a horrible story. And 
this is a film with you know a budget of between 150 and 167 million dollars. Mm -hmm. They could probably pay for the food of like she's the third biggest character in the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah exactly. um, That's what she has. You know, unfortunately, it doesn't reflect very well on either David Fincher, the director, or the producers who include Kathleen Kennedy and Frank Marshall, Steven Spielberg's Ooh. producers. Uh -oh. Oh and of course, dear. Kathleen Kennedy, now of Star Wars fame, as the woman who has been in charge of Disney, the Disneyfication of Star Wars, yeah. and yep. all the yep. curious creative decisions that have followed that. Yes. Well, we're almost at the end, Dimitri, but I think, you know, you, I know you've got some more films you want to discuss, so let's, let's do it. It's only Let, fair. Let's do it. I will ju just say, because um, I did go there with Star Wars... People who defend Kathleen Kennedy and what she's done to Star Wars, of which I'm personally not a fan, will constantly point out how she's this great woman for progressive uh, ideas and uh, and ideals and for uh, you know pushing women and uh, people of color to uh, star in the Star Wars films. But it certainly seems that she wasn't that uh, interested in how a woman of color was being treated when she was producing uh, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. <laughs> Take that, Kathleen. <laughs> Take that. I think another film, and we're certainly, we're, we are in controversial territory today and we're not leaving it because a film I think was just unbelievably overlooked by the Oscars is Seven. Another David Fincher film. Um, yes, that's interesting, yeah. And um, I think it's strange. So Seven is one of my favorite films of all time. I think it's one of the best thrillers ever a fantastic kind of would we call it neo-noir i guess it slightly is isn't it oh oh dear well that's a now that's a long conversation for another time but it, you just say that you think it's that and then we'll just move on because you uh, could talk about this for a long time so it's certainly it's a very interesting i think incredibly well-made psychological thriller and you know, a crime film that i think it's a great detective story a mystery but also really has a lot of depth to, to me, certainly, I think it has a lot to say. I think it's critique. It's also a very postmodern film, but in a mm. good way, I think. And I think the critique of modern society that it presented 25 years ago is certainly only has become more relevant. Mm. Um, now, That's I think true. this film just has everything. The screenplay by Andrew Kevin Walker, I think, is fantastic. Directing by David Fincher is great. This was his second film, and his first film after Alien 3, which, you know, he hated so much that he almost gave up directing, and I'm very happy he didn't. Yeah, I'm um, a fan of Alien 3, as you know. Um, <laughs> and also it has, it is just has the best acting. I think uh, Brad Pitt's best part, maybe I would say Morgan Freeman's best part, Gwyneth Paltrow in a fantastic performance, mm. and Kevin Spacey, I think, in a yeah. very, yeah. very interesting role. Now, this is so curious, because the film was nominated, I think, for one Academy Award for uh, Best Editing. Okay. Uh, and uh, just, you know, just as kind of slightly random. Um, this was a year where Kevin Spacey actually won an Oscar for another creepy supporting performance in a yes. film called The Usual Suspects. Yes. Which I know by many think is a fantastic uh, um, crime mystery. I just never... I always think it, you know, it has its shtick, but I think there's no depth to that. And that was the film that won Best Original Screenplay that year as well. The really? Usual Suspects. Yes, I'm it did. I'm surprised to hear that because I'm not... I mean... I'm not a fan of The Usual Suspects, really. Like, yes, the ending's great, okay, but it takes a long time and a lot of boringness to get to that point, okay? Like, I, I just find it a very dull film. I, I agree it, with you. Exactly, and I think that's what I mean. I think 
it really just has the twist ending. And by the way, I remember I'm not good at figuring out twist endings, but I actually did figure that out as a child. I was about 10 or 12 when I saw it. Mm. And I was just like, well, there's only one person who survived. Yeah. Do you think he might be the one who killed everyone? Hashtag spoilers, yeah. But it's really not that... I mean, like, how how is that a big twist? It's I, sure, I guess it was at that obvious. point, don't forget, that point in the early 90s, that not every single film had a twist. Because <laughs> so, when you probably watched it in the, in the early noughties when every single film had a twist, right? I guess, but you know, I don't think this is like... I, I actually kind of think the twist in Seven is cooler, um, including the same actor. <laughs> yes, yes. The twist um, in Seven is really, really messed up. And this like, is funny because The Usual Suspect is also one of the early films by another prominent director, Brian Singer. And wow, yeah. everything we say today is controversial. Um, We're going to get cancelled. This is where I would say that Brian Singer is just like not even 20% of the director that David Fincher is. Uh, and I just think that's reflected in these two films. I mean, David Fincher is just a much, much better director. And also, mm. frankly, the actors are much better. Better Here we have Stephen Baldwin in one of the leads. Well, <laughs> How dare you? Long way from Stephen Baldwin to Morgan Freeman. <laughs> um, so I'm surprised, yes... That the usual suspects was nominated and um, for any you know, won several awards uh, when seven didn't. Also, can we just reflect this year? This is the year where Mel Gibson won Best Director for Braveheart and Braveheart no. also won Best Picture. No, it's about four hours, and the most exciting thing is him mooning people. Uh, I have to say, Braveheart is one of the worst, most overrated films of all time. Really, I can't it. believe how overrated it took me about. Like, 25... I only saw it a couple of years ago. And it was exactly as bad as I'd imagined. I just always thought it looked so it's dull. It's and, awful. And it's incredibly long. And this is, again, this is just an actor. And it's not like... Is it well-directed? Not particularly. No. Uh, but it's but an yeah, it's actor directing. They love that. Another... I mean, this is... Listen, this is... David Fincher was not nominated for an Oscar. And, and Seven. But another film that was nominated for both Best Director and Best Picture was Babe. Okay, I do like Babe. babe. Best picture. Best, How and bizarre. best directing. Best directing. Now that is biz- that is really weird. <laughs> it's a film about a pig that's talking wow. and thinking. And James Cromwell has a very nice supporting part in it. But come on. Wow. Come wow, on. wow, wow, wow. I'm, I'm shocked. I'm genuinely shocked. But this by is the way, crazy. James Cromwell was also nominated for an Oscar for playing the farmer. Seriously? Yes. Wow. Oh, well, well. And also, let's just think like he in his performance also with Kevin Spacey in L.A. Confidential, where both of them that film I I mean I'm a fan of L.A. Confidential I think it's a great film I don't think that was nominated for anything was it? And that's certainly not. Film. That's so funny. I actually recently rewatched it. It is. It's a little bit too noir for me. That was that's really a neo noir. Um, but it's it's very well done. And yes, I think yeah. the acting by everyone is great. I think you're right. I think. That's oh yeah, wait. Sorry, Kim Basinger that... won Best Supporting Actress, didn't she? And oh yes, well, okay, itself. we're wrong. It was nominated for actually a lot of awards, and Kim Basinger okay, won and won okay. Best Adapted Screenplay. Yes, but none of the okay, other so actors, which is a bit weird, I think. Well, cause, because Russell I mean, Crowe's also very good in that. Yeah, and Guy um, Guy Pierce. And Guy Pierce. It's amazing, and yeah, I have to say, I'm not a fan of Russell Crowe, but I think in that film, his performance is great. Like he is a great. He's him and Guy Guy Pierce are, are actually really good but in that film. Isn't this? Pretty clearly, uh, Russell Crowe's best part, really. Yes, a hundred percent. Well, this is. I think it's very good. Yeah, yeah, we may say it's not. That's not saying so much, but I actually think that 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 is a really good performance. I agree with you. Um, Yeah, no, hundred percent. Babe, again, reflect on that. 
Babe is shocking. Babe but was nominated for We best could keep going. But I think the ti- time has run out, unfortunately, Dimitri. Um, maybe we could pick this up again another See, time. Unlike the season. Oscars, we do try to keep this under three and a half hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unlike Braveheart. Um, and unlike Braveheart. Uh, exactly. I think, no. uh, listeners, this is where we really want to hear from you. What do you think are the most egregious snubs or the most bizarre and inexplicable wins? Yes. Because I'm exactly. sure you have a lot of ideas no, about well, both of them. Yeah, what can I say? I'm, I'm, I'm still shocked about Babe. I'm sorry, but on, ending on that note, it's been great to talk to you once again, Dimitri. We will, yes, we will be back again next week. Um, so thank you very much. And uh, we, will, we will be back then. It was a pleasure uh, to discuss with you as always, Jonathan. Thank you very much and bye-bye. Mm-hmm.